2: This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs and welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we, uh, we discussed the sport with an expert that we don't often chat about, but it is actually very good, quite televisual, yeah. which is drone racing, believe it or not. Who knew? Yeah.
3: It's very popular. It
2: is, and there's a lot of money in it, yeah. and uh, the kids are good at it, as you will discover from uh, one of the uh, team heads. Uh, also, we spoke to uh, the veteran tennis uh, correspondent Barry Flatman about a kind of funny yet worrying story from the lower reaches of the game which you'll hear and um, Andy completely nailed eventually the pronunciation of uh, Time's Person of the Year but he has he does struggle with all Scandinavian names so uh, you'll hear that here it all is Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Absolutely. And how was it at Phew. the, the corporate, top, corporate top table last
3: night? You witnessed that all yes.
2: unfold with a, a prawn a, a prawn uh, cocktail, didn't you?
3: Well, I did. And thanks very much to Steve Atkins at Chelsea. You got me out of a bit of a hole because I didn't get my tickets. And uh, and it was great. I mean, it was very enjoyable. First of all, it wasn't too posh. It wasn't the poshest of the posh, which Okay, nice.
2: You weren't in the boardroom.
3: No, and we were in, sitting in proper seats. So we, we just, before the game, we had a nice meal and a bit of roast lamb. It was good. Better than moose. That he had last night, He, he tweeted it out. The ratio of burger to chips was ridiculous. It was quite a small burger and a massive amount of chips, like four times the amount of chips per burger size. Oh, really? Completely bonkers. <laughs> but uh,
2: So the burger-chips ratio is what you take away from the game last Well, very night, much really. so, yeah. yeah.
3: That was my biggest thing. But actually, there, there's a it's a funny thing, actually. There's a bloke at Chelsea. What well, they have, Chelsea, I'm sure other clubs do this as well. They have a sort of designated charity collection for every game because, you know, it's a, they can raise quite a lot of money, a lot of people walking by. And each week, it's a different charity. But there's always one bloke there. He's there every week. So you start to think... What's he actually collecting for? Is he, is, he, is he collecting for himself here? What's going on? So anyway, I was telling the, the guy I was with last night and I was telling him about him and he was standing at the top of the stairs and he honestly, I swear he did this. He went, homeless, homeless, collection for the homeless. Mental health, mental health, like that. Wow. Uh, two different things. I'm thinking. Well, I mean, you know, the
2: the, the two are not. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, they can be. They can be often be very be linked. I don't. You think he's a bit of a uh, scamster? Yeah,
3: he? I do. I really do. I thought it was. A, I thought it was dodgy, and so did my mate that was with. Have me you today. called him out? Well, I don't, you know, look, it's not, not up to me, is it? I'm not the...
2: Well, it's up to you enough to notice it in the first well, place. Well, I didn't. I've pointed <laughs> it out now. Up.
3: I've pointed it out, which is In your enough. Larry David type way. I, Go and look him in the I, eyes. Yeah, and look well, around the eyes, of it, course. It was dodgy. Get Trust you up. to stick up for him, I promise you. He's there every week. That's not normal. Everybody else yeah. does one week out of the season. Yeah. The, um, the, the interesting thing, though, about the hospitality is 42 minutes, everybody gets up and goes... She's like ridiculous, and they'll come back about fifty. They missed that crucial miss by William when he should have scored and made the second half a lot easier for Chelsea. And uh, and then after the game, they all go off again. You think, yeah, how many roast dinners <clears throat> you want? But it's probably cause having a drink. I see it. it's
4: a
2: fantastic old <clears throat> scam that does the rounds in the Mayfair area of London. <clears throat> <clears throat> Whenever I'm over there, I see this woman with about three or four young kids in tow, all in fancy dress outfits, <laughs> and she says we're collecting for a party. <laughs> oh yeah. And so you know, I th- I th- on the third time, I thought, blimey, this going to hell of a party they're having <laughs> so I can only guess that she gets the kids out puts them yeah, dressed yeah. them as Buzz Lightyear and, and makes a few quid in the evenings <laughs> because that party is still not happening yet no, maybe they just add one every no, week I'm
3: sure there's a few people that like a bit of a scam but it's not fair on people who no, collect it ingenually in, in no, it it's bad, not right it's, it's not good uh, it's, another thing that's not right but in less, of, less so is the the amount of time that's added on at half time hmm. in Champions League games last yeah. night was ridiculous it was 45 minutes that was it no added time well there were two goals two VAR checks, two injuries that required the physio, but no added time. Of course, you've got to get those Gazprom ads in. Yeah, I'm not cynical or anything. But the pathetic, game, you were
2: desperate actually. for it to not be any extra time at the end, <laughs> oh, weren't yeah, you, yeah. really?
3: Of course, it had five minutes.
2: Were then. you getting a bit nervous? I watched uh, the end of the game, and I, you know, there was always a chance, no, but the I way they things are, it,
3: yeah. they handle it pretty well. It's just unnecessary. They're Chelsea, but you know, look, this is Chelsea at It's the a moment. young team, yeah. It's a young team, and they don't kill teams off, and that's been a problem all season, but uh, you know, it, it's still enjoyable. They've done very well to qualify in this group. Ajax. Ajax will be cursing Ross Barkley, because if he'd scored that pen, they'd be through. That, Valencia would have had two points less, and you know. Chelsea would have won the group and avoided PSG, Bayern, Barcelona, Leipzig, Juventus, and Valencia. Slightly <laughs> difficult uh, group of teams. Yeah, I mean we've choosing. got
2: everybody in that. Apart, we could get Valencia, of course, mm. and, and you could get Bayern Munich. Um, so let's get this uh, dealt with, Andy. They've, they've been looking at the difficult pronunciations of the year that people constantly get wrong, mm. and one of them featuring, and she's in the news today, of course. She's Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Greta Thunberg is. Well, I've been going Greta Thunberg. I've gone with a hard th. Yeah,
3: a uh, few you, you've really struggled. She's been Greta well, Thunberg, she's I, I been Len Thunderbirds I went had with Thunberg, lot. but then I heard people calling her Thunberg. So. Okay, do
2: you want to know how to pronounce it properly?
3: Yes. I'll, I'll give you three more goes at
2: it. Okay. Think think outside the box. Look at the name and think, think how you might uh, attack it. So what we, would be the proper way? Thinking this year is, of course, we, Scandinavian. Are we
3: thinking T, the last name or the first name or both?
2: I want both, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's have a go at it. Uh, Greta Oh, I, I, Yurovsky. Yeah, that's exactly how you say her first name. Greater, yeah, greater, as in Andy Greater,
3: <laughs> uh, Greater Funberg. <laughs>
2: Who <laughs> I must be okay uh, T8 uh, you're, you're not far off have another go Greta's right I'm just looking for the surname G-Greta. now Try this at home kids shout out the radio Greta Thunberg to <laughs> No 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 think um, think of uh, think of Bjork or Bjork or whatever you prefer Greta Manchester
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea uh, um okay you ready this yes. is uh, it's uh, Greta Thunberg Oh, Thunberg. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's fair enough, isn't it? Greater
2: Thunberg. Thunberg. Although, it's t- a t- bit like Sorry. commentators when they <laughs> speak to a player. Yeah. Uh, and then decide that's how they're gonna they're gonna be an outlier <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and that's, that's how yeah. they're gonna put the the, <laughs> the famous Justin Flo in the hands of one commentator. Now, I can't remember if it was, it might have been Barry at May even be our old mate Motty. He'd obviously spoken yeah, to Motty. So yeah. he came out for a game and he was suddenly Jostein Fleur. Fleur. And it did sound, <laughs> uh, did sound a bit odd. So if you want to be an outlier, yeah. but uh, if you if you're saying, Oh what about you could say today oh, time personally it wasn't it great to see Greta Thunberg
3: <laughs> get it? That's Bit Scouse, isn't it? I'll tell you what I did do last night. I was watching the game in the... Uh, talking of I was watching the game with an Everton fan, a friend of Mr Parry, you know. Oh, yeah. And... Uh we were sitting there, and he was, sort of, he, was seeing, he was a bit like me. He was in a bit of bitter rant about Liverpool, how he didn't want them to win anything. We were watching the Liverpool game. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want Liverpool to win anything, and he thought, you know, they were, it's that and the other, you know. So suddenly, uh, Salah... Uh, that that, that, that goal. goal. What a goal, yeah. What a goal. Ridiculous <laughs> it's angle. It's ridiculous, and the angle, and the eye of the needle. And even he had to admit, he went, yeah, it's quite a good goal, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah slightly. And then I said to him, look, you know, I'm no great fan, but you've got to admit they're a brilliant team. You know, the best team is the best You're team. You're feeling very magnanimous. I was. Unlike I the other, you, Arthur I, did, no, worry, I gave him a bit of a serve about Everton. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Honestly. So bitter. No, but it's not. It's just, it's like this, like the, the star today. Give Big Dunk the job, hmm. says, and the two fans have written in, said, you know, uh, give Big Dunk a chance. You know, he's brought the excitement and passion back. You think... Yes, but, you know... That can be diminishing it, it, returns, it, can't it? It can be. The Hawksby
0: and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport.
2: Now, this is a, a, a story on the face of it. Yeah. That is quite humourable, as Stuart Pearce yeah. would say. OK. But uh, scratch beneath the surface, maybe it's not so funny if you're uh, from the world of professional tennis. Uh There was a, a game being played in Doha. It's in a futures tournament. It's a mm. kind of pucker tournament. I mean, yeah. it's not... It's Is not it a grand like slam. Well, um, we will find out from hmm. uh, from somebody who knows in a moment. And a guy called Arten, uh Barmet played. He's a Ukrainian. He played Arten a first Artin <laughs> Artin Barmet. That's right. He's got a great collection of <laughs> Barmets. Uh, but he, he's a Ukrainian, and he played the first round qualifying uh, game. There was fifteen thousand uh, dollars up for grabs, and to be honest, he had no concept of the racket. He he was blowing into it. He didn't know what he was doing. Uh, he got absolutely stuffed by a, a, a tyre player who's 1,367th in the world. And uh, he lost all 48 points, a golden match. And at times, he looked like he didn't quite understand the incredible. rules of tennis. You'd
3: think the bloke would have served a double four. He might have got one point.
2: Yeah. He didn't know where to stand, he didn't know what to do. And you think, how did this bloke ever get in a proper game of tennis where there was prize money up for grabs? But then suddenly people took to various uh, tennis betting forums and it seems uh, that's why he was there, to help the boys out. This is what they're claiming, of course. We have no proof of that at the moment. But it's not the first time this sort of thing has happened, not the first time we've discussed similar stories, maybe not as extreme, with the venerable tennis writer, friend of the show, Mr Barry Flatman. Good afternoon, Barry.
4: Good afternoon, gentlemen.
2: Yeah, here we go again. So we've talked about similar stories to this, as I say, but this is an extreme example. I mean, he didn't know what he was doing by the look of it.
4: No, no. I mean, on the face of it, very, very funny. You can make a few jokes, but as you say, scratch a little deeper and it is, it is, it is rotten, mm. really. Um, you know, we've known for a long time that they are, there is dubious betting circles going on um, in the former Soviet Union, in Asia, and I think this is just another case of it, really. Um, our friend, Mr. Bamit, mm. Artem Bamit, Ukrainian, 22 years old, as you say, I, on the on the footage that appears on the internet, looks as if he's never held a tennis racket before <laughs> in his life. And and Krityn Kayakul, the Thai gentleman, could not have believed his luck. 48 points, golden match. It has happened before, um, but it hasn't happened for quite a time, and uh, yeah. and it seems that the that Artem uh, was was put there by um, a betting cartel, um, and he's now uh, quite proudly proclaiming that he's still at the tournament and uh, is giving anyone advice that wants to listen.
3: It only costs 27 quid, according to the Talksport website, yeah. to uh, yeah. enter this particular tournament. And um, yes, and there are not much of a crowd in either. So it's all a Yeah, it's it quite a low turnout. And how much? I mean, it's interesting. I know people bet on the most obscure things ever, but it doesn't seem like it would be a big betting event. Yeah, but I mean,
2: this is not. I suppose it's almost set up as a betting event. That's the more worrying thing. It's not if you happen That's upon why- this game. Well, so like, you could bet
3: that R10 would lose every point.
2: Well, I mean, this is what, if we believe what they, they were saying on the on one of the forums afterwards, uh, it says, bets on this match paid for a trip for two people to Doha and a week in an excellent hotel. This is only part of the potential. All week, Artem uh, will be at the tournament, give forecasts from the courts, and next week, will again play in qualifications uh, and bet against themselves. Oh, it's, surely got to be banned. Well, I mean, this is what, these are claims, of course. We have no uh, hard evidence of this, but it's sort of uh,
4: anecdotally, yeah, but-
2: it's worrying, isn't it?
4: The root of the problem, gentlemen, is that to blame the person, if you really want to blame somebody, blame the International Tennis Federation mm. because they, several years ago, did a deal to stream the scoring rights to, uh, so they could link up with, with various betting websites to a, a company called Sports Radar. And in, the ITF glean $14 million a year on that deal. Now, it's been said many times last year that the, there was an end of a long-running independent review into corruption tennis. And, and uh, Adam Lewis, QC, a venerable um, London lawyer, recommended that that deal should be ripped up immediately. It's still in place. It's not really... and, and the ITF are, are quite happy to, to, to be pocketing 14 million bucks per annum. Uh, from from Sport Radar. Now, if 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 that was if that deal was immediately ended, then a lot of this problem would be finished. Yeah, it's not good for tennis. It isn't. And uh... no, it's it's awful for tennis. And you know, tennis spent twenty million pounds, and that's a conservative estimate. It's probably more than that over a very long time getting this independent review into corruption carried out by by Mr. Lewis QC. And have, have has tennis learned from it? Has the ITF learned from it? Clearly not.
2: No, worrying, and tell, Barry. Thanks very much for joining mm. us.
4: Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Always a pleasure.
3: I'd, no, I'd Barry give Flatman, him a yeah. good game. I think you'd,
2: yeah, you give Artem a Honestly, match. Honestly,
3: he looks like the sort of player, you know, the bloke who watches Wimbledon and thinks, well, I must have a game of tennis down the yeah. park and finds an old wooden racket. No, he doesn't. He, no,
2: he doesn't. He goes straight off to a sports shop and spends 300 quid on a racket. He gets all the clothes. He's sweat-banded up. <laughs> he's got a track suit. And he can't I'll, I'll play. He's
3: got a real frying pan serve. You yeah, know? he really has. I mean, <laughs> yes. it's Didn't win a point. Not Is one the point in any game. One arm a complete air shot. Yeah, a really.
0: No, he was. sick at that it's,
3: serve. It's uh, it's a very sketchy business.
0: The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport Sport.
2: It's Bernie Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, we turn to a sport we don't often cover, uh, yes. and it's drone racing. And we,
3: we do this be because. <laughs> well, know, but you brought it up the other day. I enjoyed watching it on TV. The, uh, yeah, couple it of years is. Back. It
2: works very well on telly. Yeah, you wouldn't think funny. it's Very, uh, very. Funny, very exciting. Very, ex- very funny. funny. <laughs> very exciting. No, it is. I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised as well. Someone I'm sure is a big fan of it is from uh x-blades uh drone racing uh team richard uh, darragas is the founder and ceo of x-blades richard good afternoon
0: good afternoon hi paul and andy wow
2: yes as i said I, i'm i was very impressed with it as from a televisual point of view um and um how did you get involved in it
0: well um i got involved all the way back in kind of late 2015 actually um I, I've been a filmmaker and was uh, doing a lot of aerial drone work. And one of my friends said, look, you know, you love racing. You love motorsport. Have you checked out this drone racing? And um, started getting into it and then thought, wow, this is a this has huge potential as a sport. And we formed X-Blades towards the end of 2015 to go off to the very first big race, uh, which was the World Drone Prix in Dubai with a million dollars prize money. And uh, the British team X-Blades went off and won that first race. And since then, we've been racing all around the world in 2016, 2017, 2018, and, and 2019. And, uh, you know, fantastic to say a British team has been winning all the major championships around the world and is, and is the number one team.
3: Fantastic. I would imagine this is a bit like Formula One in as much as you've got to get the fastest drone, but also the best driver, best, you know, exactly. operator.
0: yeah. It's very much, very much like that. We, we based, I've worked a lot in Formula One and in MotoGP and... We based our team very much around the great British teams like McLaren and Williams. And, yeah, it's about getting the best talent. And then we build all our own race drones. So we have lots of partners, um, very much like a Formula 1 car, lots of different specialist component parts and yeah it's about the best drone the best strategy and the best talent very much like formula 1
2: and there's some as there often is in a lot of sport there's there's some uh, kind of uh, some young very young people involved in the sport been reading about 15 year old luke banister
0: yeah well well luke was 15 um when he won the world drone Prix. and um actually luke's been a great success you know great success story he's a he's a fully professional pilot um so, um, he's been winning races all around the world. He's had endorsements and contracts with uh, Spin Master, Mountain Dew, you know, some, some great brands there. And right now, he's a Brightling ambassador. Right. So, he's one of the top Brightling guys, uh, along with the kind of the Brad Pitts of this world. And that's where Brightling see the future of drone racing. So,. He's done a great job. He he splits his time between drone racing and doing amazing aerial cinematography. So a lot of the pilots do filming as well.
2: Yeah. And where would yeah, you you going where, where would the documentary business or indeed any film making now be without the drone? really do you think about yes, how, how expensive it used to be if you if you wanted a shot like that Richard, you're a filmmaker um yeah you know if you could even send a helicopter up in certain places it would cost a fortune if you could get permission uh, and it was in the budget but it's it's just it's transformed isn't it uh, so i think these days you get aerial shots of things you would never get never have got otherwise
0: yeah and, and what's really exciting is in the way that um you know the, the huge progression of the, kind of the combustion engine has been pushed forward by great competition. You know, you've got Formula One, you've got Paris Dakar for lorries, you've got Le Mans for endurance and MotoGP. Well, with drone racing, it's, it's very interesting because that technology, that applied technology is also moving across into the filmmaking. So hmm. you think that drones used to be flown by line of sight, which is the normal way you fly, like a typical DJI drone. All our pilots fly by what's called first-person view, (FPV). And that's because they fly through their goggles as if they're sat in the drone. So that means now Mm. the shots you can get are amazing because you're not restricted by that line of sight. You can actually fly
3: through things and over
0: objects and under objects and get very close to the action.
3: Now, can you clear up something for us? Because uh, there was a report in the Times, only a small report, and it said that the, <laughs> the it was this it, it, in error because it said that the the, the contest took place in the R- Romanian salt mines. That did happen. I can I, yeah, can, that. I, can, I can tell and you. And then that. it says some hundred eighty thousand people watched the final, which was broadcast live on the Champs-Élysées mm-hmm. it's We couldn't believe that, that hundred eighty thousand people would assemble to watch a drone race in a salt mine.
2: Uh, it, but these were different events, from what we understand. Is that Yeah,
3: right?
0: I'm afraid I'm afraid the Times didn't really do their homework for once. <laughs> to start with, um, I'll, I'll put a few facts right here. Yeah. Yes. um, The race was spectacular in the sense it was 150 meters underground in a salt mine. So it was like a journey through the center of the earth. Mm. And it was live streamed to many, many hundreds of thousands of fans. You know, I think our final last year in 2019 hit about 900,000. And this year it's still growing. But the reference to the Champs Elysees is actually another race we had there. So we actually raced the Drone Champions League back there in 2017 and then what happened is we closed down the Champs Elysees, and we had 180,000 live spectators. Oh. So that was actually a live spectator who watched the drone race. 180,000.
2: Mm. Right. So um, what, what's the if someone is kind of has a drone and enjoys kind of flying them, and they want to do this competitively? I mean, what's what's the
0: route in? Uh, is it difficult? Well, the wonderful thing is it, there's a very low barrier to entry hmm. to, to the, you know, you know, compared to most sports. Um, you know, it's also accessible for all ages, all sexes, um, and all capabilities, which makes it really exciting. To give an example, um, our top female pilot, uh, whose flight and handle is called Milk, she's actually from Thailand, and she's the current SAI world champion, and she's only 12 years old. Wow. And, then we have, and then we have, you know, so we have very young talent coming in from around the world, um, you know, and the, and you can get in at grassroots level. So you can go down to your national club, like in Britain or lots of local clubs. You can, you've got to, it's great in in the way it ticks all the boxes of STEM because, you know, kids have to learn how to build their drones, they get their carbon fiber frames, they build up their motors, they solder, they learn about it, programming and tuning all their kids, and then they go off and fly and compete. And the great buzz about it is, compared to, you know, your normal esports or video games, the adrenaline buzz is so much bigger. So as soon as the kids start flying, they start realising, wow, this is real. I can see this lifetime emotionally. I'm feeling as buzzed as I would if I was doing a really big adrenaline sport. But, of course, it's very safe. Mm.
2: And uh, any big events planned for for the UK at all, Richard, finally?
0: Well, you know, I have to say, and I'm a little shout-out to the UK, but it's been a little... Bit frustrating and quite hard, you know. We, we're we're one of the the best team in the world, arguably, and you know the Koreans get hugely supported and have lots of finance and support, and so do the Americans and the Chinese and many countries. But in Britain, it's been quite difficult. Maybe the culture of the moment, um, with so much going on in our own country, to mm. kind of get you know sporting bodies and brands and sponsors behind it. Um, you know, we we've done some host racing. We we've done one in Wembley a couple of years ago. Um, but at the moment, probably the biggest thing we're going to have is we're probably going to have a big DCL draft selection, a sim selection in London um, next year in 2020, and uh, and we're also talking to a number of partners about putting on some some demonstration drone racing in the UK, which would be great. You know, excellent. The the national competitions are there, but you know we want to do something really spectacular at a very big professional level. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport.
2: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase.
0: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Breaking news on Talksport. Yeah, there's
2: some breaking news, and I'm just getting it in front of me. And the breaking news is the producers just uh, put it in front of me. The breaking news is Torquay United have uh, signed
3: Forest Green midfielder Lloyd James on loan. It's not breaking news, (laughs) is it? It is. To be fair, I've gone straight, like all Torquay fans, and I consider myself one now, I've gone straight onto YouTube to see. what, what, got, it's got Lloyd James goals, 2013 to 2016. Played for Wales
2: under 21s, 31 Only years old. Only
3: 188 on. views
2: so far. Played at South Southampton. We'll get a few more. The O's, Exeter City, Colchester, and bringing some much-needed experience, a oh, calm it's gone head. Up to 191 views. A calm head into a young side. So uh, I can't believe that's breaking news. But anyway, our producers are Torquay fans, so uh, we are duty-bound really to bring that to you. But oh, good yeah, nice, luck, nice finish. Good yeah. luck, uh, good signing there Just by Gary. Some of his goals, and good luck to Lloyd. <coughs> Anything else? <clears throat> yeah, me. That's all right. No oh, problem at now all. Andy, uh, yes. a, a bit of a, a regular mm. thing you like to know is yeah. uh, you're getting to a certain age and you always like to know the secrets of people who live to 100 years old and get yeah, that coveted porridge telegram. And, porridge and
3: whiskey. Well, porridge,
2: porridge and whiskey may be, but uh, Anne Callender from Stanmore <laughs> in Middlesex, <laughs> right? I was like- you're a yeah. fan of hers? Yeah. Yeah. This time of year this she's very of popular, year. of course. Oh, yeah. Um, she said <laughs> I'm gonna John be a hundred no, This could keep you alive, mate. Listen to this. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be a hundred years old next week. Oh, that's nice. She says, I eat what I like, she eats what she, she likes, likes, and calendar. calendar. She, she eats what she likes. She said, uh, be it meat or fish, hot or cold, sweet, sour or salty, fattening or not, fried, boiled or baked. She says, "I drink in moderation, <laughs> and take the odd pill for backache or a touch of sleeplessness. Yeah. I do the crossword in the Telegraph and other puzzles. That keeps the brain going. And I enjoy arguing about politics with members of the family. Mm. Could my longevity be attributed to my lifestyle?" And she has, seems to have quite a balance, a yeah. normal, what you would call a normal yeah. lifestyle, or your genes. It, yeah, you think you always think it's genetic, I do don't think you? It's often it's genetic, right. right, yeah, I yeah. Do, really. Um,
3: Geno-o-geno-genetic.
2: Uh, I was just reading on uh, social media. Um, yes. via. This came via old mate uh, Chasnuki Burden. Um, I think somebody retweeted on here. Uh, apparently a new turn of phrase, um, a bit of Cockney rhyming slang. If you say, someone's gone a, someone's gone, Kevin. Oh, yeah, really? I just heard, he's gone Kevin. Gone Kevin. Kevin Keegan, vegan. Oh, I see, Kevin
3: so, uh, Keegan, vegan. We can, vegan. Add, that, we can nice. add that to yeah. the vernacular. If you know someone who's gone Kevin... Uh, you can use that one. Good. Now, uh, congratulations to the good people at Moschino, the fashion house, for yeah. designing possibly the stupidest jacket of all time. It's, a, it's basically as if Warwick <laughs> Davis was wearing a jacket designed for the rock. Yeah. Or giant haystacks. It, it's is that, is that
2: really... That is, that that, is a jacket. Is, that's just not an oversized jacket,
3: no. Well, it's ridiculous. You can't, it's more than oversized, isn't it? It's absolutely How does pompous. it
2: stay on your shoulders? It is. It's basically a, a jacket
3: that's about 10 sizes too big. And well, more than 10. It's not great. not practical, is it? Still. But how do you keep it on? I don't know. How much does it cost, Andy? Don't, didn't actually say. It's, okay. Uh, yeah, just, that's it. What yeah. a terrible idea. One in six uh, Brits thinks that sprouts, think that sprouts grow on vines or underground. It's okay. Great, Underground. <laughs> How does that work? Yeah. Now they're, they're on stalks. You can see them, can't you, on the stalks? You certainly
2: can. Some people
3: prefer them on the stalks, don't they? Yeah, I don't see why, but why that would help.
2: Do you know, there is this fine uh, yeah. website, you probably see it on social media, Lost Football's, as well. They do an excellent calendar, which we recommend. Yeah, they have yeah, come in, the Lost Anne Football guys. Sorry? Anne loves it. Who, Anne who? Anne Calendar. Oh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> 100, yeah. Happy 100th birthday, yeah. Anne. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I, I may be sending them this picture, although so there's a bit of a flip side to the story. Sleaford Church facing expensive repair bill after jobs. it says, yobbs. football through stained glass window. Oh, no. So uh, it seems some kids were playing uh, in the churchyard, kicking a ball about. And, Andy, mm. I'll show you the picture. And look, there it is, the ball embedded, and it's been kept there. The ball has been oh, embedded is, and sat that, in that the window. perfect
3: for them. They'll love that.
2: Kept there by... We, we, it's, it's not perfect for the church no I'm not though, is saying it,
3: it? but you, you mentioned the people of the thing I was saying for, I'll saying i send it
2: off to lost footballs but they say I mean they've said disrespectful yobs kicked the ball no, we don't I know mean, if it was an I mean, accident it's, or it's, whether it's, it's a
3: disgrace and they did the, it on purpose you know, but, these yeah. stained glass windows are works of art they take yeah. a lot a lot of replacing no I'm not I'm not downgrading the offence I'm just saying for the people yeah. of, good people of those lost ball calendars it's yeah. perfect yeah
2: well I'll it. send it off to them they, uh, the, the mm. young when they went out to, as often is the case you hear the, the tinkering the glass in this case Stained glass, and you rush out the church. People were there at a service when it happened. Suddenly, this uh, football got embedded in the stained glass. They stuck in the lead, but it's the kids had scarpered, as kids do, of course. Well, they would do uh, that, after. Yeah. You, if that's what you have to do, you smash a window and you scarper, don't that's, you? That's, that's, a that's a tradition yeah, we you do, course, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: You see the labelling of food with the walking needed to work off the calories, uh, I think, of bringing it in. But it's really fairly pointless. If you're the sort of person who eats four to six bags of crisps a day, you probably don't exercise. You're probably not going to exercise, are you? Well, I don't know. I no, mean, you can I run them know. off, can't you? It is quite.
2: I mean, so, I mean, you it's... can't run off six bags of crisps. <laughs> well, you can. it just takes you three hours. And <laughs> I mean, say like it's a 30-minute... 30 30-bag 30 of crisps is a bog standard bag not your yeah. family yeah, yeah. size bag, they reckon yeah. it's a 30 mun- 31 minute walk yeah uh, a brisk 31 minute walk I said, what happens if you're eating a bag of crisps while you're walking by half an hour?
3: I suppose you just... Uh, it's well, you're perfect, just, isn't it? You get rid of it and you're putting it back. That's, yeah, that's the way it goes. that's the way to do it. Now, we, we enjoyed the hospitality of uh, Gary Neville and Ryan Giggs when we were up in Manchester. Well, they didn't pay for it. We no, paid no, for but it. we enjoyed their, their restaurant. Oh, well, yeah, in and the their, restaurant that they yeah, owned. You wouldn't say that. it was their hospitality. No, all right. That's probably not the right way to put no, it. it
2: wasn't, was it? <laughs> no. Make it sound like we were on the payroll. <laughs> We went in and we spent our own money. We did spend our yeah. own money. We went there. We put money in their pockets. <laughs> they should be thanking us. do am I you coming on here thanking I'm them? I'm about to defend them. Okay. It, I
3: thought it was pretty decent. The restaurant was nice. The hotel. Yeah, staff are nice. Yeah. Yeah, staff are nice. It has really beautiful graphics on the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, diners have given the hotel eatery run by Gary Neville and Ryan Giggs a kicking for screening football on giant TVs. Customers who fork out—they're not going to show drone racing. Oh, there's Gary Neville and Ryan Giggs. It's called hotel football, <laughs> no, isn't it? Now, no, this is their. Uh the restaurant the Bull and Bear which oh, okay. is overseen by celebrity chef uh, guest on the show Tom Carriage, of course yeah. uh, £24 for a steak £5.50 for a side of chips and the people who are paying this are not happy to find eight screens at the ex-footballer Stock Exchange Hotel in Manchester which is where this restaurant is ba- based one wrote on TripAdvisor mm. which is basically you might as well just forget this whole report I'm still shocked why ruin such a beautiful space with large TV screens showing sports channels why go into a place that's owned by two footballers and not expect them to show football? Well, know, I, 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 I probably, not, if I was going to... I'm not a to, fan of
2: if I, I a end, if I was going to their high-end restaurant, I wouldn't mm. necessarily expect the football to be on. I'm not saying it shouldn't be, mm. but I wouldn't necessarily have an expectation. If I'm going to, you know, cafe football... I'm expecting to see some football. I think the clue's <laughs> in the
3: name. But another reviewer said the sight of Gary on every screen in the morning was off-putting. The <laughs> critic gave the hotel the thumbs up, but added, over my breakfast kedgerie, Neville's face filled every over screen. My, that, over my... everything... Over my breakfast kedgery, that's mate. that's what I hate about TripAdvisor. I mean, I read... I watched this brilliant film about over this. Over my
2: breakfast kedgerie.
3: This guy, in, he's the food critic of the LA Times. He's an amazing guy. And yeah. what, when he reviews a restaurant, he doesn't write the review until he's been there 10 times, because he wants to make sure yeah. he's tried everything, that it, it wasn't a bad day, it wasn't an off day, it wasn't a particularly good day. So he, he, so when you read a, a review by him, it's a genuine review by somebody who's an expert, not some bloke who just turned up and felt like they had go onto a website and say, oh, his face would ruin my kedgery. I, honestly, <laughs> don't ever bother.
2: Okay. that will be my view. There we are in the old business model They're destroyed in seconds. But well, a lot of people do hold it... Sort of great story. Well, they're making think, a though. huge mistake. Okay, well, the, the the oracle has spoken there. The Hawksby and Jacobs
0: daily podcast from TalkSport. Here we are. So, yeah, old Gruta,
3: uh, she'd be a very good... <laughs> oh, she'd be we're a back tremendous, to square one. She'd be a tremendous drone racer. Gruta. <laughs>
2: That's us. We return tomorrow. Adam Hills from the last leg is uh, he's starting to play a bit of rugby league once again. So he'll be telling us more about that and the documentary off the back of it tomorrow. Thanks for downloading us.
0: You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guy every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport.